Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Eastern Current. We've got a great show lined up tonight. Another Weekend Warrior episode uh, with someone, a new friend I would say, someone that I got to fish with I think two weeks ago and um, do a little albacore fishing. But uh, before I introduce him, we're going to do a little bit of pre-show stuff. Uh, I'm not going to go super in-depth here though. If you do really love this podcast and want to help support us um, at a financial level, um, you can check out our Patreon page. It'll be linked in the show notes here. Um, on the podcast platforms as well as in YouTube. So check that out and uh, that would be awesome. The other thing is we have a private Facebook group for listeners. So you can hop on there, share posts, share catches, um, ask questions, and hopefully find other anglers that you can get out on the water with and enjoy um, some fishing together. So um, enough of me talking. Let's uh, We'll introduce our guest here. His name is Wade and he is a killer kayak angler from here from uh, North Carolina, north of Wilmington, but I would still say, you know, overall kind of Topsville Beach, Wilmington area. But what's going on, Wade? Hey, how's it going? Oh, pretty good, man. I, I hate that you gotta you gotta make everybody so jealous with your view from yeah. your camera <laughs> out your back back door, right into the creek that you catch redfish in. And try. Yeah, it, it, it was hard not to, to set it up right here and just you know, know. Off a little bit. So I won't I won't blur out the edges or anything. This is where I fish. So here you go. <laughs> I'm going to triangulate that with a tree across the creek and yep. off the ground the tech spot. <laughs> Goodbye. Uh, well, cool, man. We, uh, I was, like I was saying, we, we, uh, Wade hit me up on Instagram and, uh, we went and did a little albacore fishing with the guy, Roger, who we just had on the show, who was actually, uh, one of my father-in-law's longtime friends, but another kayak angler. Um, and I've really enjoyed these kayak episodes. I've got another one that I'm recording tomorrow night with a guy, um, who's a, he's a Hobie pro down in Clearwater. Florida, I think. Yep. Um, and he's like, does a bunch of tarpon fishing and stuff. And I was like, man, that, that's a cool one. I would, I mean, tarpon on a kayak is pretty crazy. Um, but, uh, the, every time I do a kayak episode, I'm like, I want a kayak. I really want a kayak just cause the way it makes you fish, man, it really slows you down and makes you learn the water that you're picking apart. But, um, let's, uh, let's kind of hear your backstory. Um, you came from a very fishy area to probably a less fishy area. Um, So if you ever do go back, you're going to have an upper hand. But tell tell everyone your story, kind of how you got into fishing and everything. Yeah, so I grew up in South Texas, actually. Uh, I don't know if uh, some of your listeners probably from the area, too. Corpus Christi, Baffin Bay area. Uh, Didn't really quite take advantage of the area as much as I did. I did a bunch of shore, you know, bottom fishing whenever I was there, you know, go out on the weekend, something like that. Yeah. Uh, Really looking back, wish I had everything that I have now and had really taken advantage of it. But I grew up there, uh, you know, saltwater, freshwater fish, and then came up to North Carolina three years ago. And I kind of lost fishing back in college for a little while. Didn't really do much of any of it at all. Uh, Came up here and... Uh, decided to buy some fishing rods on Craigslist and met Roger, who you just talked about, actually. Uh, talked to him about 30 minutes the day that I bought two fishing rods from him uh, and uh, just kind of grew from there. He really kind of introduced me back into North Carolina uh, saltwater fishing and I haven't gone back from there. That's awesome, man. Yeah, Roger's a good dude. Um, he just, he's got that, that passion and also that just desire to teach and to learn as well which i think is important um and just a, re- yep. a really good guy who who wants to see everybody out there enjoying fishing which is uh what i how i feel as well and i get a lot of i don't get a lot of hate but i get some people that are like why the heck are you talking so much about like how to go catch fish you're a fishing guy and, you know yep. none of this is stuff that you can't go into a tackle shop and ask and it's not like yep. we're sitting here dropping gps coordinates and 
um, and whatnot. I think anyone, I've said this on multiple podcasts, but it's like the more, you know, productive inshore anglers we have here in North Carolina, the louder the voice for conservation. Because they're the people that are going to really get a heart for the fish and really want to, um, you know, see conservation efforts really take place and take root here in North Carolina. So that's kind of my argument when anybody, and that usually shuts people up when they start giving me crap about I, I- Totally agree with that. I I have become more and more more so over the past year, uh, more conscious of it, and just because I've I've you know picked up my fishing you know probably twice as much as I did the year before, and it, it's just mattered that much more just seeing the differences already in just the, the two to three years that I've been here. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I'm gonna go ahead and tell y'all like when I when I reached out to Wade about doing the podcast, he said, "Man, I don't feel worthy to do the podcast, and I haven't been fishing that long and." Uh, I was talking about, you know, how he's, how he's productive. And, and the big thing that, well, how did you word it again? What did you say exactly? It was uh, 0% tactics, 100% perseverance. Per, yes, that's what it is. <laughs> so I think that is, is a huge, huge, uh, you know, motivator. It should be a huge motivator for, for those of you out there that are struggling. Um, and, and the tactics are important, but put tactics aside. If you just go out and fish hard, Every chance you get, you're going to be able to start piecing things together. This this podcast and these tips we're going to give you today and other podcasts should help you. Um, let me split the screen here so they're not just staring at you while, or you can do whatever while, you're, while I'm talking. About. <laughs> um, should should help you when you're on the water, but it, it really boils down to just being consistent and getting out there and going and struggling and struggling and struggling and then slowly starting to put that piece of the puzzle together, just like a, an actual puzzle. You know, the more pieces you begin to get together, the faster, you know, it comes together. So the first couple pieces are always the toughest, unless they're the edges of the puzzle. But that doesn't really make sense for fishing. (laughs) Um, But the first couple pieces of the puzzle are the hardest to find and, you know, find their place. But once they're there, it starts to flow much more naturally. Um, And that's kind of what I took from that. But how have you seen that play out in your fishing here in North Carolina? Uh, yeah, so I, especially with being on a pack, I really just enjoy being outside, so it makes it easy. Yeah. I'll, I'll say, like, I, fishing is, a, or catching fish is a plus. Uh, so if I go out there and spend, uh, you know, five to eight hours on the kayak, I have no problem with that. And if you can see a full tide cycle, uh, you know, going somewhere at low tide, see it all the way through, see that you're not catching anything at dead high, and then coming back through and, you know, catching fish once again, coming out, you know, whatever that looks like. Uh, just spending time on the water, uh, you know, you can fish one spot and then you can come back at a different time on a different, different moon cycle, whatever it might be. Uh, I have, I guess I've learned some tactics and realized I didn't know them until I have heard them, you know, say so on this right. podcast or, you know, read something online, you know, like it's just, uh, you know, something you didn't know about, but that you've sat out there and seen and, you know, subconsciously realized that. And then, you know, like, Hey, that's actually a thing. When yeah. you come back and hear, you know, somebody's talking about it on here, like, you know, moon, moon cycles matter. <laughs> Definitely. You know, like that. So just, just time out there and, and just, you know, you can go back to the same spot more than once and, you know, see at those different times and, you know, catch different fish at different times, periods of the day. Yeah, definitely. I think that's huge. And, um, it's kind of humbling sometimes when you feel like, and it happens to me a lot where I'm like, dang, I just, I feel like I just figured out like a little secret, a little niche, like, and then you listen to something or you hear somebody else like talking about the same thing. You're like, it's encouraging that it is a thing, but at the same time, I was like, all right, there goes the upper hand I thought I had, you know? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's definitely, you know, there's people that have done this long before, um, Wade and I, and there's people that are going to do it after us that are going to be better than both of us. And so, um, 
just learning and, and adapting and, and spending that time kind of grinding out the tougher hours or, or when you really put some stuff together. Um, so I think that's huge. Well, let's talk a little bit about your style of fishing. So you fish from a kayak, but uh, let's first off talk, let's first off talk about your kayak. So what kind of kayak do you have? I have the Hobie Outback. The Hobie Outback. So is that? 2018. 2018. What's that? I'm not super familiar with like the models. I know it's okay, Hobie, and yep. so it's, break that down a little bit and what that that boat's kind of built for. It, it's kind of like their their midsize, I guess. Okay. Yeah, you got the Pro Angler, which is the large, almost boat like uh, kayak, and then you have the Outback, and I, I believe they have one or two below that might be the Compass or something like that. So it's kind of the middle of the line. Uh, for me, I, I looked at pretty much everything when I was when I was looking at them, uh, but it kind of just reading from forums and everything else. It's it's the versatility of it. I I fish inshore, I fish lakes, and I've gone offshore in it too, and I've never had a single issue with it, and I wouldn't nice. go back to it for one of the kayaks. So if you want to, you know, sit on a flat surface and not go anywhere or not have any sort of, uh, you know, wave action or anything like that, you know, the pro angler might be great, but you know, as much as I like to get out and just do different things, the outback has just been like the all-in-one kind of thing. Yeah, definitely, uh, definitely yeah. right down the middle. I didn't even realize how, you know many different models of kayaks there were and how some suck for some things and you know i was just like but it's so that was so ignorant in me because it's like just like a boat you know like certain tiny little changes in the hull of a boat can help it and hurt it in like so many different ways so why not why would that not happen with the kayak i guess i was thinking oh you know it's a speed thing but even with pulling a skiff you know like there's certain little things that you put into a skiff um, that help it pull quietly that help it pull smoothly and 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 all that and not not dragging the wind too much and um, kind of the same deal with the kayak so is it would you say that one does pretty well in wind because that's one of the big things i hear about is like um you know this uh, about some of the hobies as the higher sides maybe sometimes they blow yep. around in the wind a little bit more so i don't know if i'd say it does great in the wind but yeah. the the hobie style of paddling like it doesn't really matter at that point gotcha. you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna feel it you're gonna get blown but you can pad like i can stay and i can have current and wind going and pretty much stay in one place with my my fins you know like yeah it, it, you're gonna get blown, but it, you, you can you can handle it with yeah. it's really what it comes down to. You get you get a you get the the turbo fins and a rudder, and it doesn't really really matter too much. You awesome. work a little bit more, but you're fine. Heck yeah! So a lot of the kayaks, and this is my question. So the the first they kind of came out with the props, and the props are not quite as good as the fins, correct? On the kayak, uh, I I haven't actually used a prop kayak. Okay. But I have seen people go by in them and look very uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just the, the leg position and then the, the motion. It doesn't quite look like, look like a bike. You know, like you say bike motion, but it doesn't quite look like a bike. I don't know why. It just looks like it's shoving your knees up into you or something like that. Uh, the, the Hobie fins are basically effortless. Uh, I could sit there and go around at three miles an hour you know, all day and then come back and not feel it. Uh, you know, it, it if you want to go four to five miles an hour you could probably do it for a little bit but it, you're you're gonna feel it but i i can cruise at three you know all, all day and just the, the motion however they did it with the fins uh is just great that's and cool you, you feel it that's super cool yeah i fished out of a uh out of uh, old town with a prop and yep. uh felt fine all day i mean I, I get uncomfortable sitting so i was uncomfortable it wasn't it was nothing different than you know if i was sitting in a car mm -hmm. uh, and then i went to stand up after fishing Actually, I stood up and peed a couple times, but as soon as I stood up and tried to walk around, it was yep. my back was killing me, and it, it was a very comfortable kayak to sit in. But I think it was the pedals and the that's the you know the circular motion you're making to pedal that pedal drive, um, and I mean it moved great, it was quick, but man, it was my back was killing me for like two days. 
Yeah, I, I think it seems almost with the, these that, like, if you want to, you can use from the knees down, and, you know, you're not really exerting leg energy. You can just kind of move your feet and yeah. just go there. Uh, one thing real quick, just hit off there. You Definitely. talked about standing up feet a couple times. Yeah. I, uh, you have the different models, too, and you know, Pro Angler, you know, you're kind of sitting on, like, almost boat. Like, I don't think anybody would really have a problem standing up in one. Uh, I can stand up in mine relatively comfortably. I don't do it very often, but I, I can do it. And if I want to sight fish uh, a little bit, I can, I can stand up in this one nice. uh, relatively easily and, and, and do that, which is a, a big plus for, you know, having Definitely. You know, the, the movement ability and being able to stand up on it with the stability. So do you bring anything extra with you to, to move around when you're trying to stand up and sight fish? Or do you, are you kind of pulling with your paddle or paddling standing up? How do you do that? Uh, it's, it's either placement of current. So I, if I, I've got the rudder, so I can either stand up and just reach down every now and then turn the rudder just enough to float with the current. So I'll go up and then come back down where I want to fish. Gotcha. Or, uh, if I'm trying to, you know, move around just a little bit, I'll usually just pick up my paddle and, you know, kind of paddleboard it just a little bit, yeah. but it doesn't work very well because they're so heavy and big. I, they are, they are a lot to move. So I was really just trying to place and then come down with the current or wind, however that's planned. That's what I figured was, is that drift, man. That, that's uh, I, I do that in a boat a good bit too. If it's really windy, you and a, a skiff, you can honestly pull into the wind pretty easily the way they're designed. And I feel like you probably could with a kayak as well if you had an actual push pull with some length yep. to it. Um, yeah, it, it, yeah. Def, if you were just trying to scout, I think so. Uh, definitely not. Like I've tried to do to fish and move at the same time, and that that doesn't work. Yeah, for me. that's very true. <laughs> maybe, Even maybe somebody a skiff. more coordinated or athletic but it doesn't work for me yeah even a skiff it's very hard to pull the boat and fish it or and fish as well it's just it doesn't work well um especially when you're on the back stand on the back the bow's up you know and it's Mm -hmm. scooting around a little bit but uh well cool well let's talk a little bit about kind of your your what what would be the word um your or just your fishing here in general so what is what is your main focus i would say inshore it sounds like when we've talked in the past but um redfish and trout mostly like or do you prefer to go red fishing let's talk a little bit about like if you've got it down in the water what what it looks like uh i think it i'd probably say redfish yeah probably just because i catch more redfish that might just be redfish or dumber or something i don't i don't know <laughs> they fall for it more uh but i i catch more redfish uh i i will try and go trout fishing and catch redfish uh i don't know if now maybe they've just outsmarted me and then flounders just seem to kind of be a, a plus when I want to go I, I can kind of target flounder if I want to yeah you know fish the bottom a little bit but uh I'm all artificial too so uh every now and then I'll throw out a piece of dead bait but that's it, it's in the kayak it's not very fun to do it I just sit there by yourself so uh, <laughs> uh so redfish are, are really what I'm, I'm going for if I'm going out for the most part okay uh, well, let's talk a little bit then about your your tactics from a kayak. So you're starting the day off. What what do you have? Well, first of all, let's let's talk about this. What do you bring on your kayak? Because you do have a limited amount of space, you know, as as a kayak angler. Yep. And so, what do you like to have on the boat with you when you go out to fish? Uh, so it, it, three poles uh, and a tackle box for the most part. I, I've, I've got a soft uh, ugly stick box that I bought you know right when I came over here, and it's got two two bags uh, or two boxes in there, two, two like Plano style boxes in there, uh-huh. and. Uh, three poles and and that that's pretty much it i actually ran out of pole room in in the hobie so and i didn't want them sitting all in front of me i actually made that they have a thing if you you can google it whatever called a uh, a rocket launcher i believe yeah and so that actually what's sitting over there behind me like i made it out of pvc and i can stick four poles in it or three in a net and it's all behind me uh and it's it's actually if, if you have a hobie you should you should make one yeah, or that's sweet. Mind somebody to buy you one. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it's really three poles and, and, and the tackle, whatever I'm looking for, taking out there that day. 
Okay, it's crazy how many cool things you can make with PVC. Like the, yep, it is. <laughs> that, that that looks so professional. I mean, it, lo- it looks like something you get. I'm sure you could get it made out of aluminum too, but why not just do PVC? Yep. Um, yep. It's so much cheaper. But yeah, that that's awesome, man. I think simplicity on any vessel is is key. Like you load too much stuff on there, you try to do too much, and um, I don't know. It's I think there's it's a double edged sword. It's nice to have a lot of tackle, but I mean, I have I keep so much tackle in my skiff. And all it does is just create a mess. But I don't want to be out there and not have what I need. Um, but my hatches, like every three days, I've got to dig everything out of them and kind of reorganize my hatches because I'm not good at keeping them organized while I'm on the water. Is that something you see on the kayak, you know, as the day goes on? Or are you pretty good about keeping everything back in its spots? And, and uh, it, it gets tight. Uh, if I try and stuff too much stuff in the, in the tackle box, really, it usually sits right in front of my legs. And if it gets too too full of stuff that i'm trying to bring it's usually gets less and less comfortable yeah <laughs> uh i one one thing i will talk about it i i have it set up for a uh, fish finder gps uh which i've taken out you know made the, the couple times i've gone offshore i don't use it inshore at all it's just like you gotta put the battery in the back you gotta have a charge you gotta put that back on uh and i just don't like using it in general inshore even though yeah. i know yeah. i have done better when i've when i've taken it i've i've seen fish on it and i've seen some structure when i've taken it out but it's it's one of those you know uh risk reward there of do i want to carry this around trying to have to deal with it uh i usually don't take it right Uh, a lot of people do so that's just one of the things there uh kind of going along the lines there i actually just tried putting on a swivel uh for jig heads on uh you know straight off my my leader uh four card and leader the other day uh, and just for trying availability of changing out, uh, jig heads. Yeah. And I don't know if I like it or not. Uh, <laughs> it looks ugly. Uh, and I don't know if I'm going to switch too often if it doesn't work, you know, so uh, can I switch them out quick enough to, you know, a top water plug or something like that? Right. Probably. But should I just fish whatever I decide to fish there? I don't know. So that's, it's something I, I don't know if you know there about it. If, you know, it doesn't seem like people really use them around here. No. Uh, it seems like though, are you using a traditional snap swivel or are you using that the thing you see like it's like a little kind of looks like a paper clip that's made for like actually for swapping uh, yeah, lures so, off? It, yeah, yes, exactly. Okay. The, the second one. The second one, okay. Yeah, I've seen that man and it, it makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. I, I'm pretty, I always tie a uni knot. So at three turns and cinch it down, it's really quick. Um, and I, I feel like I can tie a uni knot, maybe not as quick. As as putting you know popping one off of that and putting another one on, um, but I don't think it's going to affect. I don't think that will affect the fish biting it. There's there's maybe certain lures that that would affect the way action. it works and the action yeah. of it. Um, but in dirtier water and like throughout the summer, I mean maybe like wintertime trout fishing, finesse fishing. Mm-hmm. I feel like maybe it would hurt you, but other than that, yeah. I think it would probably be fine. It just. It just depends on, and the, the nice thing about it, though, I guess this is the big part, is you don't wear through your leader every time you want to change. That's the big thing I wasn't even thinking about. It. That's probably why the whole reason you brought it up, and I was just kind of rambling. Um, yeah. but, no, that's that's what, one of my pet peeves is changing out. <laughs> yeah. I'll go down to six inches and sit there and look at it and wonder if fish, fish aren't biting it because I, yeah, oh, no. I refuse to switch out leader. I, I also, with the kayak, you know, trying to, to tie knots a lot of time while staying still and current, whatever else. Uh, it does bring a different thing. I don't now. I if I don't have to tie a knot and cut something off, I don't. And that's, so that's the reason I was trying it. I actually caught a red the first time I tried it the other day uh, on on it. And so I guess it's it may isn't an issue. I don't. Yeah. It was a little dirtier water though. Yeah, I, I think even if it was crystal clear water, I don't think you know unless the redfish are really spooky would eat it. I don't think I really don't think it would would bother many fish at all. Yeah. The only thing I can see is like maybe a real picky trout when it's really cold if it's crystal clear 
because um, sometimes I got to bump down to like eight eight pound test, you know, and you're, and up where you are, it's a little dirtier, uh, but it but is. down around Wrightsville Beach and and figure eight and top south topsail. Um, sometimes those trout in the winter when it's really cold, it seems like your bite goes up a little bit if you if you go really light on the leader. Um, but one thing that that I've talked about a few times before, I don't know if you've heard me talking about this, but the Texas eye jig, um, actually, are you familiar with the iStrike Texas eye jig? Uh, yes, so, I, have, I have yet to buy one, but I, I, uh, they are. I won't hold it against you yet. Yeah. But um, <laughs> the the way that it articulates, like the hook from the the head, it makes a little clicking noise, a little tapping noise. Okay. Yep. Um, and I, I did some underwater filming of it and it was real. I mean, you could, I could hear it from like 10 feet away. Like when the, really? my buddy would twitch it, I was in a pool and I could hear it like popping as he twitched it. And I think that's another thing you could get from just a normal jig head. If you had that little metal piece there, as you go to pop it, it's probably making a little tapping noise. Um, and there were some times where this summer where either my clients or myself made a bad cast on redfish and dirty water twitch that thing and you know there's there's a chance that that they felt it too but there was a couple times where like three to five feet away fish whipped around and and dialed right in on that bait and i think it was because of that noise it's not too loud it's not scaring the fish but it's just sounds like a little shrimp popping you know underwater and they're they can hear really really well stuff that's underwater like i'll be pulling and i'll be 30 feet away 40 feet away from a fish 50 feet away from a fish and hit an oyster shell wrong with my bush pole and they'll shoot off you know just and that's not even allowed, just like a little crunch that, that feels off and they're gone. So um, being able to pick up on those little those little subtle noises like that I think is huge. I think that's why spinner baits and chatter baits, not only the vibration, um, but some of the, the little clinks and clanks that, that probably pass underwater um, help out a lot too. So um, yeah. that's me rambling a lot about a simple question. <laughs> you know, not, not something that I think about underwater sound, you know, it, it's, it's, you know. It's been proven, but you know, not something that I usually think about. You know, right. Care, you know how 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 much finesse do you get in in what you're trying to use or you know think about? So yeah, yeah. I thing. think that it, that's what I'm addicted to is like just diving so deep into this stuff and and trying to learn more and more and figure it out. But um, so since we're talking about tackle and bait and whatnot, um, let's talk about what other stuff you like to use. Let's start with redfish first and kind of go through each one of those. Um, and then, and then we'll come back to speckled trout. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, everybody's favorite, you know, uh, top water, <laughs> it's getting, getting to be time. Everybody's getting excited. I oh, just yeah. started throwing it a little bit more and I, I've had a little bit of action. I don't know whether, you know, reds or not, but, uh, uh I do like, uh, the skitter walk and the, the one knocker, one knocker spook. You yeah. Know, those are the two go to whether, you know, I, I haven't seen differences in color, uh, or anything like that, that I, or that I've just thrown it enough to know, but I do like those two for top water. Yeah, for uh, sure. Are you, are you throwing the, the full size skitter walk or the little uh, guy? Uh, yeah, the full size. The full size, sweet. Yeah, I've got a few of the little, little skitter walks and I th- I've thrown them, but not typically. It's like a yep. lot of times in the spring size plays a lot into it. Mm-hmm. Um, in the summertime, they'll really eat anything, and a lot of times, like a bigger bait, man, like redfish, not not necessarily, but trout, like the bigger full size spooks and the the one knockers are what I do a lot better on trout in the yeah. summer. On uh, everyone yeah. thinks a oh, speckled trout, small bait, but like the, I feel like honestly, the bigger the topwater plug, sometimes the better for for speckled trout. Yeah, yeah. so yeah, yeah, kind of getting into that. I, it's really my, you know, you know, second, maybe third spring that I fish. So you know, it's really it, it's wild how much of a difference it's made the first one that i started fishing 
uh, I was, didn't even really know what tides like. The tides don't matter nearly as much in, in South Texas. Yeah. Uh, you know that there isn't nearly as much of an effect for, on the fish. Uh, you know, or, or there isn't just as much as a tidal effect in general. But yeah, uh, you get here at the you know the first summer just or spring just trying to figure it out a little bit, and then the second one you know really moving towards a skitter walk and then uh, finding the one knocker spook. So you know it's it's really just you know you look forward to it almost a different season each year that you know if I get I get one more chance to you know try and try something new. Yeah, or might look like yeah yeah that's that's cool um and top is fun man it's just a fun way to fish it's it really is a, i remember before i caught many fish on top water it was a very intimidating bait and it felt like oh when it's really good you know that's when i throw top water but now top water kind of saves the day sometimes in the mornings yep. Um, yep. and it's a great search bait it's not necessarily like oh break out the top water the fish are chewing like that happens but a lot of times it's like I'm in a new area, tide's kind of high, I'm gonna throw a topwater plug. Uh, yep. where, where a lot of other baits, I'd lose lose all confidence in those scenarios, and the topwater kind of shines in those times. Um, and a lot of times, the, the cool thing too is you might not catch the fish, but they'll show themselves. You know, they might push yep. up underneath the plug or, or blow it up and miss it, and you're like, all right, there's a fish hanging out there. And you come back in there an hour later on the dropping tide, and it's like bam, 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 three fish on topwater real quick. So it's it's a great way to figure a place out. Um, and so you said you don't, you're not super um, precise on color, like, and I'm with you on that. Like, it seems like a lot of times it doesn't always matter, and then other times it seems like it matters a lot. Like, I think when you've got a school of fish, sometimes I don't know. It, it, we could talk. That's like a whole podcast in itself. But <laughs> are there any colors that draw you to that? Like, draw you to them when they're on the shelf? That was a weird way to say that, but like. Maybe the, you're like not like oh the fish eat this more, but are there any colors that you really prefer to throw a topwater wise? Yep. I, I I use the, the I think it's the bone color yep. and the one knocker and then the frog and the skitter walk. The I don't frog. know if it, it's kind of been passed down. I've seen pictures of them at whatever point. I couldn't tell you if it, it you know there's any condition that it, that makes it better or worse. I know watercolor probably plays a factor, but they're what I've got. And whether or not I want to spend another eight bucks to buy another one until that one goes away and the fish's mouth is something <laughs> right. out the line. That's probably what I'm using. So I, whether or not I'm missing a couple because of it, you know, quite possible. But I, I usually use I've got a bone and then the frog. Uh, I've got a couple of random ones I just don't actually use them that much. Yeah, they, they yeah. work. That yeah, it's it's funny how like your confidence colors just are the ones you catch fish on, but it's because it's the ones you throw 95 percent of the time. You know, yeah. uh, it, the, it plays into uh, mirror lures so well. There's like a thousand five hundred types of mirror lure colors, and every every guide and every angler has like oh that's the secret one like that's the one you need you know (laughs) they're all so different or so similar however you want to look at it um yeah and i think it just boils down to not that they don't get hot fish don't get hot on certain colors but really just you're going to catch more fish on the one you throw the most you're probably gonna have a banner day on one of them start throwing it a lot and then all of a sudden that's the one you catch them a lot for me it's the rainbow trout mirror lure um Okay. But that, well, I guess we're going to talk about trout fishing in a second. So, all right. So, top waters. What? Uh, what are you? If you're fishing subsurface, what is your? What is your um, yep. setup? Most, so, most I actually don't know. It's the I Strike regular jig head. I don't know yep. what the, they name it, but that, and then either a uh, Z-Man Power Z or a, a Gulp Twitch Tail or one of the one of the other Gulp Ripple molds. I believe. Yeah, the Ripple molds are sweet. Yeah. Um, so, so that, those are honestly the two that I really honestly throw that much. I'm still figuring them out and I haven't feel like I've graduated to something else. So yeah. for the most part, that's why I'm throwing. If, if it's not top water, it's going to be in one of those I strike jig heads with, with one of those, those three and varying colors. You know, I, I will switch a little bit depending on watercolor, but, yeah. uh, uh, the, one of those three combinations. Right on. 
Um, here's a question that, that I get asked a lot, and I like to ask this question to other people as well, and that is on the eye strike jig heads. Is there a certain eye color that you prefer? For me, I always get like the the um, pearl. I yep. think it's called like yep. it's just the shiny kind of silver with the black eye and like all, I've got top water plugs over here that I painted drying. I've got pearl eyes on them. I just really like that natural pearl. Um, but you, you hear some people swear by the yellow, by the red. Is there one that you pick up more than, than others? I don't think I've bought anything besides the pearl. I didn't know what besides color it was either. Like the natural eye color looking one yet. I yeah. don't think I've bought anything besides of it. It just goes to, it, it goes with every bait too, which I, yep. I really like. You can put on any color bait um, and, and, and fish it well. So, it, uh, let's go through those the soft plastics. The Z-Man's first off. Are there any Z-Man colors that, that you like to throw from the kayak? I think it's the chicken. Uh, I don't know the, which one it is. Is I, it the fried think, chicken? Uh, no. It's, okay, it's like the green and yellow chartreuse almost on the bottom. But it, I, like, chicken I, on I, a chain? Might be yes, chicken I on believe chain. so. Okay, I sweet. believe that. Yeah. I, I don't know how I did that. I'm so bad about – the two things I'm really bad about are like jig head weights or yep. lure weights like I can never yep. remember which is which and then all the colors man there's so many colors it's like trying to remember the huge box of like 64 crayons when you're a kid and there's more than that you know I, I, I haven't figured out a way to tie the green and yellow or green and orange or to a chicken so yeah. <laughs> it's a chicken. most chickens are just white or brown it seems like I guess yep. roosters roosters can be you know pretty colorful yep. exactly but, but still it's a little bit of a stretch I'm with you um, well cool alright how about the gulps uh, yeah, so the twitch tail, uh, it's a chartreuse and white. Uh, I, I believe that's all it says on there. So it's uh, I don't know why time of year it hasn't really mattered with that one. It's done yeah. really well almost at any time. I, I fish that on a docks quite a bit if I'm fishing docks. So uh, I, it's, I've just done well with it, so I, I haven't really tried any of the other ones. Cool, cool, uh, cool. And then the ripple mullets, I started out with the uh, a straight chartreuse, but for some reason they're softer. And you can almost throw that off of, uh, you know, you have bad cast one time, it'll almost rip it off. Uh, really? So I went to the uh, the glow-in-the-dark ones with the yellow tail. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I, I don't know. I think they're called the glow-in-the-dark. Uh, for some reason, they're made out of a different material because they glow, I think, and they are much tougher. Oh, cool. That's a really good tip there. I don't know. If you, if, you, if you pull some out and you buy those and feel them, they're, they're made out of some sort of different material than the regular wow. uh, ripple mullets. So I, I started using those, and I've done well with them. It's almost like a, the pearl white. Uh, color and they've they've done really well. Seems like a lot of time in the spring and the summer that I've, I've done good with them. Heck yeah, that's awesome. That's, that's super cool to uh, to know. The uh, gulps in general are just tough baits to keep on a hook. You know, after a couple of fish, they work so well, and it's like a drug, man. You get addicted to those gulps, and you're like you lose a lot of confidence when you don't have have the gulp tied on. Um, so is there a, is there a, a time or like a, a scenario in which you're like, okay, I need to be throwing the Z-Mans, or like I really need the scent. I want to focus on this. Um, gulp is is there something that kind of dictates whether you're going to throw a gulp or a z-man soft plastic yeah it, it's one of those perseverance things there again too like i i don't know of a scenario like if if i'm catching fish on it i'll throw it and i'll continue throwing it if i throw it have one of them on there i will switch them out like i have no problem doing that most yeah. of the time i'm not super persistent about throwing one that i'm not catching fish with so uh i, I just switch in between the three and and honestly i i did really well right at the beginning with the z-mans right like really when i start, first started fishing uh, and they lasted forever, so I kept using them. And then last uh, spring, I, the, the uh, glow-in-the-dark ripple mullets just killed it for me. I don't know why, and so I, I just used it, and it worked almost every time I went out. Nice. So it's just, just kind of whatever whatever's going through. You know, if it's working, I, I'm using it. I'm not really changing it out based on, you know, what I'm fishing. Yeah. yeah that, that's awesome. It's, uh, it's cool to... 
um, kind of see the changes and, and that, that some colors can can be better than others at times. Um, and I think that's a good tip for, for anglers that are looking to maybe become more consistent on the water. It's like, don't go too crazy, but have a few few lures you change through. Know how to fish them well. Know how they work and, and kind of just switch through those couple lures every time you go fishing. Um, if one's working, stick with it. If it's, if it's not, kind of change between the two, but two or three. And, and, and that way you're, you're not guessing too much. You know, all right, these, these couple lures have caught fish for me. I'm going to stick with these. I'm not going to try anything too crazy. Um, you know, there's times on the water where I like to experiment more than others. Like if I, if I'm getting bites, getting a few more, like especially trout fishing, that's, it's kind of fun to experiment trout fishing and play around with colors and whatnot. But all right. Is there any other baits that you like to throw for, for redfish? Are there any subsurface hard baits or anything like that? Or, um, I I haven't honestly really messed with it. I, you know, I, this might be the the year, you know, where where I I feel comfortable enough or, you know, not catching fish or whatever that I go out and try something else. I've, I've, thrown the gold spoon on attachment you know a couple times and just didn't didn't do it now yeah, it didn't do it for me i don't know what it, what it was but i think i might try it again you know there's a couple other ones i, I haven't really used subsurface so for whatever reason yeah uh, but you know suggestions are open <laughs> yeah for sure for sure and i'm with you i don't throw hard baits as often for redfish um you know it's more of a bycatch for me on subsurface hard baits but the gold spoon and spinner baits and uh, chatter baits, yep. and I've even threw, started throwing some buzz baits, and the buzz baits work pretty well. You need a very aggressive fish, it seems like, to eat a buzz bait. But um, the gold spoon, what I love about that is when the tide does get high and those fish are in that fringe grass, and it's really hard to get anything to them. You can throw that gold spoon up into the grass. Literally, I'm throwing it up into the grass and just slowly reeling it until it falls right on the edge. Wherever there's enough water for the fish, and I'm just kind of bringing it through there. And I've had it like sliding out of the water on a piece of grass, and I've had redfish come up and eat it. So it's it's the most weedless bait that I know of for covering you know the grass well. Like soft plastics are kind of annoying. Like even if they're not getting hooked up, they get tangled in the grass more. That gold spoon, that shape of the Johnson spoon, it just slides through the grass so well. No. I, yeah, I think that that's part of the reason I switched to the twitch tail at one point. The gulp twitch tails is just for some reason they seem to catch less weeds, especially like right now when the, the grass is still here. Yeah, uh, you know, weed, yeah it, for some reason they catch less. You know, I don't know if it's just a thinner, you know, the thinner profile maybe. Yeah, yeah, that uh, yeah, that snot grass man. I'm ready to see that gone. Yeah, <laughs> it's time. Yeah, it's time. is it uh, is it pretty dirty up by you right now with all that rain we had the past couple of days? No. It, it, it's been dirty for a while it hasn't really cleared up much I, yet. I, I don't get down your way very often yeah. but uh I, you see the difference in the water you really can Definitely. especially back to, like the creeks up here are always dirty you get out in some of the the bays if it's nice for a couple of days it'll clear up but uh yeah a lot of the water a lot of the time you know it, it could be a completely different type of fishing in you know in, in the rightsville area of, of clear water fishing you know it, it can I, be I, they can feel real different they can feel very yeah. different um, it's, if you think about it though, it's like, you know, South topsail to North Wrightsville beach is yep. dead center between the two rivers. So the two areas that are giving it the most freshwater influence, giving the waterway around us, the most freshwater influence, that's kind of the dead center area. And so I think that's why it stays a lot cleaner. Um, and due to the more fresh water on either end, you're having a lot more pluff mud bottom as opposed to sand bottom. And so that too, it'll get stirred up easier and, and become dirtier a little bit quicker. But those pluff mud bottoms, that changes the fishing up a lot of times, in my opinion, for the better. I like that kind of soft bottom. Um, and so 
if if I were given two options in the summertime of what kind of stuff I, I'm, I could fish, it would be, you know, all that stuff up north topsail to New River, and then yep. the Cape, you know, the Cape Fear from downtown down to Baldhead. Um, is yep. I just like the way the fish act in that mud and in those warmer temps. But um, well, cool. Let's talk about trout a little bit then. Um, we're, uh, we're, we're at 35 minutes. So yeah, we've still got time and, and we'll kind of go through that and then see if there's anything else to, to chat about for a minute and then we'll, we'll close her off. But let's talk about, uh, top water. Let's talk about that fish you told me about before we started, um, recording this. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think I text Roger, Roger immediately after I lost it. And I said, I thought the, the Loch Ness monster came out <laughs> of this, this oyster bank. Uh, but yeah, so I, I, I was throwing top water for the first time in a while and, uh, it, it was just barely windy enough. I, I, I don't like the calm days. I, I just, for some reason, just seeing it out there by itself doesn't look attractive to me. So just a little bit of a ripple on the wind. It was, it seemed perfect out, you know, like, uh, finally warmed up to like 70 so degrees and, uh, he, he came up, uh, missed it the first time and i think i just like kind of looked at the water for a little bit and was in surprise so i wasn't really expecting it and then he came back and uh smacked it on the second one and i i, I held on to him for probably five ten seconds and then i think i lost probably the biggest trout i've ever had on in my life so mm. i was uh pretty sad uh, i i keep trying to go back and find him but i think he's moved on to, to better waters <laughs> safer waters maybe yeah exactly um, yeah, that's man. It really, we were talking about this before we started recording, but the big trout are really always the ones that get away, at least for me too. It's, I either don't have a net or they throw the hook or like I hook them on a topwater plug like that and trebles yep. suck and a topwater plug, man, you lose so many fish on them. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's crazy, man. That's super crazy. What, uh, what color topwater did he eat? Uh, that, that was actually the, the one knocker. The one knocker? Sweet. Yep. Yep. That was bone. the, the bone one knocker. Awesome. Yep. Yeah, great color, great, great color. I think it's just so versatile. So well, the one thing you said about topwater there that I think is, uh, you know, a lot of people need to to hear is a lot of people will get get worked up thinking that oh, I really only need to throw topwater when it's when it's slicked out calm. And that's a great time for topwater. It works, but I think it honestly shines a little bit more uh, when you've got a little bit of wind chop. And even in some these some pretty sloppy conditions, sometimes the topwater works well. You don't have as much presence in the water. Like if the fish aren't going to notice that from as far away, but uh, they still eat it really, really well. Like some of my best days in the summer, it's blowing 15, 18, you know, and I'm on a protected shoreline that's got a good bit of wind chop and it's kind of stirred up and the fish eat it really well. So I was I was excited to hear you say that because it just brought that, that speaking point up. But So will you pick a top water up when it's calm, like dead, dead calm and throw it as yeah. well? Yeah. So I, I will 100% and I'll never say no to it, but I also, if I can see movement, like you know, mullet movement or something like that, yeah. that's one, it's a time for it. You know, if it's dead calm, I'll still throw it, but uh, really looking for fish at that point if, it, if it's flat. Yeah. Uh, you know, at least some sort of sign of them versus, you know, just free casting. I'll, I, I don't know why I'll, I'll do it, but if, if there's a little bit of chop, then I'll still throw it out. You know, I may just because I know they might be there, whether I, you know, if there's no sort of movement, it's, you know, unlikely of some sort, you know. Yeah, for sure. Especially in that shallow water. It, yep. It, um, so, so top water for trout and then kind of sticking with the same colors, it sounds like, since you said those are the two that you liked. And I think, I mean, that's important, man, with top water. I mean, you can go through a lot of colors, but for the longest time, all I fished was like the golden mullet color, the skitter walk, like that gold black, um, and yeah, caught a lot of fish on it. But, but with trout, I feel like more, more than, uh, not I'm sitting here looking at these new ones I painted up and like there I think the playing around with the color can help man and yeah 
people no, say. No, 100%, 100% a believer in it. Uh, you know, it, at what point or you know what level of understanding that we've got here, then that I don't know, but it, it definitely it's it's got to have some sort of play. Yeah, and then, and then at the same time though, I'm still like, all right, if they're gonna eat on top, they're gonna eat on top. It doesn't freaking matter. They're just gonna come up and eat it. All right, so if you're not throwing a top water for trout, what do you? Uh, what's your next move? Uh, I, I do use some mirror lures. I'm not very good with them. The action, I'm probably too way too impatient in general for a mirror lure. Uh, I, I I will move it way too much. I recently got introduced into the uh, I think it's the 52s. Yeah. And I have the, they talk about you know just leaving it down there for you know some giant fish to eat it. Uh, I, I like the idea of it, and I, I put it out there and, and fish with it a little bit. I think uh, it was a red with the actual speckled trout like spots on it uh that somebody you know at some point told me that that's the one yeah. <laughs> so i got it uh and then I'll, I'll use the uh you know the 17 and then the heavier one i can't remember which one which number that is but i, I have finished the the heavier it's like a, a golden brown uh in dirtier water up here and you know in the new river and and done well with it just, nice. i think it just sinks down a little bit faster for me and so you know a little bit more movement doesn't quite matter as much so uh whichever one that one is i've done relatively well with it yeah yeah the uh the patience on the mirror lure is a tough one to learn until you have like that day of you know every fifth twitch if you're waiting till five seconds they about rip the rod out of your hand and then you're like all right that's how that's that's all all you need to do but um yeah i mean there's some guys like you talk to some guys in texas that that work uh mirror lure sometimes like topwater plugs where it's like twitch 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 and just swimming it all the way back in uh, and you know, there's there's no right way to fish it. I don't think uh, there's there's definitely productive ways to fish it, but uh, I don't think I think we get our head so wrapped up in like twitch twitch pause for five seconds, yeah. and like that's all I do a lot of times when I pick up the mirror lure. So yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, pushing the limits of what a mirror lure can do and how it can be fished is not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, all right, so mirror lure. If you're not throwing that, you, you switch over to soft plastics. Yep, I I, I will and. Uh, that's usually on a day when it seems to be the bite's really good. And it, if it's there, then it's there and, and I'll fish soft plastics on it. I don't know if I've really found trout on soft plastics uh, yeah. or certain form on soft plastics. Yeah. Much. Well, I, 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 there, there's one, the, uh, it's either the DOA or the one that looks like the DOA, uh, you know, very similar, uh, the, the green shrimp. Oh yeah. Uh, the DOA I, shrimp. Mm-hmm. I will, I will fish that until probably the day I die. I <laughs> That's funny, man. I, Cause that, that bait to me, and I love it. I fish it too, but that one's way more intimidating than the mirror lure. Like I, I don't know why. It, I, I I will get the heavier one. That I think they have a three inch and a four inch. I like to go with the four inch. Uh, I think just because it sinks a little bit faster. Uh, you know, I, I will twitch it too fast if it's not sinking. And, and so I can I can actually feel that one too. If you get a light enough rod, if you you can actually feel the twitch and the bump from from the uh, the uh, shrimp on that one. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I do like the uh, the green. DOA or the I don't think it's a storm but I can't remember which one which other brand it is but it looks just like it yeah yeah the uh I forget what it is there's there's so many little shrimp shrimp yeah out there yeah, but DOA green shrimp uh yeah that's one that I, that I really like and I will search for them with that what's the uh retrieve you like with the DOA shrimp uh I will do it at two bump and then uh you know depending on water depth uh you know pause for in between there but yeah that yeah seems- just kind of bouncing it back in like a jig head almost yep yep sweet yep. and then that- it, it seems to be on on the drop well you know i don't know what oh, yeah. it is with, with their falling motion on those but uh the, the drop seems to do it so if you can keep in just enough line tension to, to to get it there without it getting away then, then God, the, dude i'm like just jonesing for that bite on a doa shrimp as you're explaining yeah. that like that just tight line fall and then boom, you know they just yep. suck it down 
the way those shrimp fall though is really cool. Like they 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 sink really nicely if they're the only sucky thing about a DOA is they get jacked up on the hook so quick. Like one fish can do it. And when they're really hot, you know, it doesn't matter. They'll just keep crushing it. But when I'm, you know, working for a big fish or working a little bit more for my bites and that's what they're eating, like you want it, you want your bait to look right. If they're just smashing everything, you don't worry about it as much. But if I'm getting bit every like 15 minutes, 20 minutes and really, you know, having to work hard for those bites, I go through more of them than when they're just smashing them and I can leave a, you know, a chunk of it on there. <laughs> they're just eating it. I, I've considered taking some quick dry super glue with me several times. I, I still haven't done it. I haven't put it on the boat, but uh, I, I have considered just you know doing like a dab of the you know however fast it dries super glue just to keep those on there. Man, I, I keep super glue on the boat, and I've never even thought about using it for that on that hook. That's yep. genius. I always use it for like Z mans on jig heads and whatnot, but um, but that would be huge. You put use Z man a, a or you you super glue a Z man to a jig head, and you can catch a hundred fish on it. Yeah, so it's uh. It's pretty impressive what that stuff can do, but well, cool, man. Well, we've gone through the redfish and the trout and and fishing from a kayak. But is there anything else that you know as an encouragement or you know one more tip or idea that that you want to leave people with? Uh, yeah, that's a. I, I'll, I'll say just going. So my thing that I like to do is to to find a guy that knows what he's doing. You know, if I don't know what I'm doing, somebody out there does. So uh, just like with albacore fishing, I've never been, we went out, uh, two weeks ago. And if I want to go out on my own, you know, if I find somebody that's got a boat or whatever, I could probably go out on my own now and find some fish. If yeah. I went before that, I probably would have had no idea, you know, look for what the birds are doing here. You know, what the, what the conditions need to be like or anything, how far out you need to go. You know, I guess you can keep updated, but I, I will pay for a guide to find out how to fish an area. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or, or, you know, so, you know, go out with once, figure out what you're supposed to do and then go out and do it yourself. Uh, you know, whether that's, you know, somewhere else or however that works, but, uh, get somebody to teach you, you know, find some friends that are into it, you know, join a Facebook page, Eastern current, whatever else. Uh, you know, I went offshore. I just met some people in a fishing store at, at one point and started going offshore with them in the kayak for a little bit. Uh, you know, just make some friends, be friendly with the guy that likes to do it and, uh, go out there and, you know, just enjoy it. Definitely. I think there's almost nothing better than a good network when it comes to fishing, having guys that you can kind of keep, uh, keep in touch on the water and kind of figure out what's going on, man, that helps me so much. And I think that helps. I, I, there's a lot of really fishy people out there, but, but I think a lot of people succeed a lot because of give and take through a network. And, and when you learn something and you get on something good, you can share it. And we have a couple people that you're all sharing your different strategies and, your wins and your failures together, like you're going to grow as an angler much quicker. So um, yeah, that's huge. That's super huge, man. Well, cool. Well, I'm going to close this out. Thanks so much for coming on Wade. And I'm going to, uh, to link Wade's social media. It's here if you're watching the video, but I'll link it into the, uh, the show notes. So if you're in this area or you're not in this area um, and you want to talk to him about fishing or maybe, you know, fish together, hit him up and uh, he might not take you to his, his secret spots right off the bat, but uh, maybe eventually if you're real nice. We'll go out. I'm always down for buddy. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Uh, well, cool. Well, I'm going to to close us out here. So, um, thanks again, guys, for checking out this episode. Um, really enjoying these kayak episodes. I know I keep saying that, but I, I eventually, you know, it's when the economy comes back in 15 years, I might just buy myself a kayak. So, uh, we will see y'all though in the next episode later.